Good evening. Hope all of you are doing well in here and out there. Uh, I had tonight, uh, tonight's learning is Ili Nishmas, Texas father. Harav Chanuch Chanina Ben Avraham Shmuel Yeratzon is Neshama should have an Aliyah. There's a kibud kal, a little bit of dinner here. Uh, of course, make a bracha Ili Nishmaso. Yeratzon is Neshama should have an Aliyah. We're learning tonight Maseches Rosh Hashanah Dav Chav Dalit. Tonight, we're going to be learning a little bit more about the placement of the moon. And some of the questions that would then be asked to said Aden. Um, and then we're going to be learning a very interesting halachic sugya about whether or not what is allowed to draw the moon. This is a shaila that's discussed in postgame. It's quoted in Shulchan Aruch here in Yordea Kof Mem Aleph. And it's uh, quoted the Hachmir, that one should really not be drawing the sun and the moon. Um, it has a, it's in the category of halacha that the Shulchan Aruch refers to as that it might be what's referred to as we will discuss some of the basic sugyas starting uh, tonight so we're on the top of the top line let's get started we had said in our Mishnah we would ask the Edim who were coming in to speak about the moon um, what direction was it leaning in? How high was it off of the horizon? But the problem is that we have conflicting. <clears throat> the problem is, is that we had conflicting brises. Tanachado, we had one brisa that says, Litzfona Dvarav Kayamen, that if he says that it's to the north, then we trust his words, but Lidroma Lo Amar Klum. But if he were to have said that it was being noted to the south, it would be worthless. The Tanya Ipcha, that Lidroma Dvarav Kayamen, that really to the south, that's where it's more valid. And Litzvona Lo Amar Klum. So that's a stira. So again, we're trying to figure out what, what can the aid say that is valid or not? Is it to the north or to the south? So Machlokas, which one's valuable? Says the Gemara Chavdal, and another five lines down, Lokasha Kambi Mosachamam. The moon, the moon does trail the sun. That's how the world. Uh, that's how the world works. However, during the winter months, it uh, trails to the south, and during the summer months, it trails to the north. And that's how Rashi explains this over here, <clears throat> that it is uh, in that direction. Fine. So that's question and answer number one, that it's not a stira. It really depends on what time of year. That if the Adim say in the winter, if they say the wrong thing in the winter, then their Adus is thrown out. Is there, 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 no, no, it's just seasonal, meaning it's a question of, um, and also that's right by the month of Nisan. So it, the scales should tip in theory right around Nisan, but it, again, it is seasonal. So it depends whenever the equinox actually is. And I don't recall yet the Gemara speaking about an equinox. We haven't learned that. But other is still technically considered uh, Yishamim month, isn't it? It's still, it's not the new season. That's correct. It's not spring season or whatever we would Mm -hmm. refer to it as. That's correct. So that's a good shayla. But normally we look at it from a seasonal perspective. We did see a Gemara. um, We did see a Gemara mentioned a couple of weeks ago, probably, that uh, asked a shayla. Yeah, it was in this Masechta maybe 10 days ago, that asked about whether or not we look at seasons or do we look at months. That was a Gemara that we saw. So it could be that we would have given a similar answer here, that we're just categorical about the seasons. But but then again, that doesn't really work because we're, the moon is going to be where the moon is going to be, whether what you're... What is the more definition of your In other words, we all know... Seasons. Middle of the summer. So we, we have in our parlance that the seasons turn on very fixed days, September 21st. Like we have June... We, we have like... Yeah, I believe... But it can't be. It has to be that the moon at some point goes from the north, from the winter to the south, from the north in the summer to the south. There has to be a moment of change. Or what might happen is during those months that are very close to those equinox days that the it's so hard to tell that it's not going to be north and south. It's going to be 
maybe east and west. I don't know. Again, I don't know enough about the rotations of the of the moon around the earth, but but the Gemara does use this as a distinguishing factor based on the seasons. Tanu Rabbanon. Echad Amar Gvoa Bezmardos. Amardea was a type of stick that was used uh, to, to, to motivate animals in the field, type, some type of prod of some kind, and it actually came in a fixed length. So let's refer to this as a yardstick. And let's say that the difference between one eight and the next, one says that the height of the moon off the horizon or off of the sun was two mardos. There we say that difference is not such a big difference. No problem. That's considered acceptable. But if the difference isn't one mardea, but two mardos, then says the Gemara, then the two of them can't be partners in Edus. However, Normally, when Edus is, is Batel, the Edim are also puzzled. Here, the Gemara doesn't say that. Aval mitzdarf in the Edus acheres. Let's say that there's another guy in the crowd who also says that it's five Mardos. Oh, so we had, it's like playing the memory game, right? You got the first guy says three, the second guy says five. Five minutes later, you got another guy that says five. They're like, oh, wait, wait, hold on. We have some witnesses. Let's put you together and you can be Kovea the Chodesh. So that's what the Gemara says. Let me start from the Edus Acheres. Ten lines down. Ten Let's say that the Edim say, Re'inhu b'mayim. We saw the, the moon through a reflection. Re'inu b'ashashis, we saw, saw through like a glass uh, lantern of some kind. Re'inu b'avim, we saw it through the clouds. This is considered unacceptable. You're not allowed to use this as a form of, of Edus for Kiddush HaChodesh. This comes up, this Shaila, about what's considered actually seeing the moon. This comes up as a Shaila when we are trying to be uh, and we're trying to say Kiddush uh, So the Mishnah Brura and Dalad, I can't remember exactly where it is, but I remember approximately where it is. He speaks about this, that if you can see the shape of the moon through the clouds, even though you are obstructed by cloud, technically speaking, but you have the clarity of the rim of the actual moon, then you're still allowed to say Kiddush HaChodesh. You're still allowed to say Kiddush Levana, excuse me, that's considered acceptable. Anyways, the Brisa says no reflections, you're not allowed. <clears throat> then the Brisa adds, Something that's seemingly obvious. What? Says the Gemara, let's say that you only saw half of the moon in the water, or half of the moon in the clouds, or so this, the Gemara has a very big problem with this comment because if when you saw the whole moon reflected in one of these various uh, modes of vision, reflected in water, and there we said it wasn't allowed. Of course, half wouldn't be allowed. What was the Habamina that half would be allowed? Says the Gemara, quarter of the way down, this is Pshat. Let's say that you saw the left half of the moon in the Mayim. And the right half of the moon, when you looked up, you were able to see it. Oh, maybe the trees were blocking part of it and you could see it off the reflection. The other part you could see just looking up at the sky. So you saw half through direct vision and half through indirect vision. Well, that should be better than seeing the whole thing in indirect vision. That's the Havamin of the Gemara, says the Gemara. Or maybe I saw half through the clouds, half directly. Or still we would say, in other words, we have to be able to see the entire moon the entire, or whatever of the moon is available, we have to see it in the rakia without any reflections and without anything interrupting it. This seems to be different than our world of Kiddush Levana, because by Kiddush Levana, we do allow for some degree of obstruction. Here, we don't seem to allow that at all. Tanu Rabbanam, re'inuhu v'shuv lo re'inuhu. Let's say you see it, and then the moon disappears. Ein me'idin Why? That's so weird. If you saw it, then you saw it. 
Who cares if it disappears? If I see the moon and it's the right moon in the right place and they grill me, and I give all the right answers. So then I saw the moon. Who cares if now I can't see the moon? So says the Gemara, I don't understand. The moon has to stay up the entire night. You saw it already. What's the problem? So then the Gemara makes a distinction between that which you see in your peripheral vision versus that which you see with intentionality. Amar Abay, a third of the way down. This is what the Brisa means. If you kind of just see it as you're moving along, there's a moon out there. You, you're not really paying strong attention to it. And then, and then you went back to go look at it with intent to say like, oh, oh, was that a moon that I saw? Let me just go back and look again. So then, uh, then the Gemara says, that's, that's not, it's insufficient. Your first re'iyah was insufficient. So you're walking down the street. You kind of know that it's partially clear in the sky, you know there's a moon up there, but you weren't looking at its details. And then you're like, fine, you know what? I want to be the guy who does, uh, who does Kiddush HaChodesh. Let me take a real clear look. And then by the time you look, it's gone. So the Gemara says insufficient. Your peripheral vision view of the moon is not right. That's not good. My time, well, why not? Why don't we rely on that initial view that you had, even though it was accidental? So says the Gemara, Amor, I, I might argue that Kubisa Deiva Be'alma Hudachazir, maybe it was actually, it was a, a cloud. It was a cloud that looked a little bit like that. Maybe the brightness of the moon was shining on the lights or because we live in a light polluted area. Maybe there is a spotlight that hit a moon, hit a, that hit a cloud in such a way where maybe it looked like it was actually it was actually a moon, and actually Taka it wasn't, and therefore we don't rely on that. That brings us to a new mission, a third of the way down on Chavdal Ramanalaf. Let's continue. We learned this idea once before. Rosh Bezdin Omer Mekudash. Once they determine, once the Adim are verified, and in fact it turns out <clears throat> that the month is going to be Mekudash, so then they have to say the word Mekudash. The Rosh Bezdin says Mekudash, and then Bichol Ha'am Onen Acharav Mekudash Mekudash. So sometimes we do this sometimes at weddings, mekudeshes, mekudeshes. It's not exactly the same idea, but uh, it's conceptually, it looks very, very similar. It says the Gemara, uh, says the Mishnah, that that's a halacha, that uh, two parts. One is that the Rosh Bezdin says mekudash, and that everybody responds mekudash, mekudash. The Mishnah continues three lines into the Mishnah. Whether or not it's nira bismano, the moon is seen in its time, or ben bismano, meaning is Rosh Chodesh going to be on the 30th, or will Rosh Chodesh be on the 31st day from the previous month? So then that question is, uh, we seem to we seem to be mekadesh in both cases. We would say the language of Mekudash in both of those cases. However, and we paskin like this new shita, Rebbe Lazar, Rebbe Tzadok Omer, imlo nira bismano, if the moon was not seen in its right time, namely that the 30th day passed and we don't see it, namely it's a it's a meubar month, we have an extra day in the month, then ain mekachinoso, then we don't need to say Mekudash because shikvar kitshu shamay, then it's obvious that that's the case. There's only one option at left. Once day 30 passes and there's no moon, we know that day 31 is going to be Rosh Chodesh and it was a Mu'ubar month. And because it's obvious, it's a foregone conclusion that once you don't see a moon on day 30, and that means that the previous month is now not 29 days, but 30 days, then there's only other one, one other option, which is that that month is a 30-day month with the 31st day being Rosh Chodesh. And therefore, why bother saying Mekudash? I don't need anybody's help. I know, I, I know basic math. And uh, once a month is 30, there's only one other, one other option. Uh, which is that the Rosh Chodesh will be on the 31st day. So the Gemara opens, Rosh Bezim, Minan, immediately, how do we know that he says Mekudash? Amar of Chia Bar Gamda, Amar of Yossi Ben Shal, Amar Rebbe. How do we know that we say Mekudash? Because Amar Kra, by Daber Moshe, Esmoa De Hashem, Moshe should speak the holidays, 
It's a brilliant uh, deal. We never really thought about it. We would always think Vaidaber that Moshe taught it to others. No, the word Vaidaber means that Moshe needs to say that it's the holiday. And therefore, when it's Rosh Chodesh, he says Mekudash, that that's the day. Mikan Shirosh Bezin Omer Mekudash. So simple. Just a very simple reading of the word. We don't remove the Pshat of the word. We still would then need to be able to read the Pasuk in Pashtus, which is that Moshe also taught it to the Jews, but that's what the word Vaidaber comes to imply. Dr. Karish. In the Mishnah we just covered, yes. where you said on day 30 that they didn't see the moon. <clears throat> so uh, the Mishnah was discussing whether or not we're required to say Mikudash if there was no moon on day 30, thereby forcing Rosh Chodesh to be on the 31st day. What if, the, what if it's so cloudy that there's no hope of seeing the moon? Yeah, Halacha discusses that. It's called Yom Meunan, when you have a day that's very cloudy. It's a big problem. Yeah, because I mean, you know, I'm, maybe it's the, the Gemara discusses this somewhere. It happened. It happened. It happened. I mean, the Mid East, Irish Israel was, that's not like Chicago, but still, it still it happened periodically. It rains. Yeah. So I, I don't know exactly what they would have done, but I'm guessing they would have to look back at previous months and kind of make a cheshbon, like if you had multiple. Maybe Adam come from farther away, but uh, the theoretical question that my father's asking is right, which is, let's say the whole world, it's a theoretical question, but let's say no one in Eretz Yisrael can see. So then it's a problem. By the time you get there, it'll be Mu'ubar anyways, if you have a long schlep. Good question. Don't know the answer. So it says the Gemara two-thirds of the way down at the two dots, four lines into the new Gemara, on Chavdal and Aleph, says the Gemara, Where do we learn that from? How do we know that the people should respond in kind? Doubling the language. Amara Papi, Amara Papa, excuse me, Rapapi is a different person. Amara Papa, Amar Kra, Asher Tikru'u Osam. That's what the Pasuk says, that they should call. Kri Be Atem. The word Osam in Chumash is Chaser. It does not have the letter Vav. So it doesn't say Osam with a Vav. It just looks like the word Atem. And we know that famously we're able to look at a word based on how it's written, irrelevant of how we pronounce it, and make a drasha accordingly. And here, if we read it according to the way that it's written, it's Asher Tikru'u Atem, that you in the plural need to call it, you the people. Roshab, the Rosh Bezin would say X, everyone, Bukhol Ha'am would respond with the words uh, Mikudash, Mikudash. That's answer number one. Answer number two of Nachman Bar Yitzchakamar, Eleheim Moadai, Heim Yomru Moadai. They will say that this is my holiday. Okay, Mikudash, Mikudash, Trezimne Lamali. Why bother saying it twice? I understand they need to say something. I, you've showed me Mara Mikomas for that. Why did we have to say the word Mikudash twice? Techsiv Mikra'e Kodesh, plural. Still, it's hard to read that into the Pasuk, no? Mikra'e Kodesh. These are the plurals in holidays. So that's what the Gemara says. The Gemara makes a drasha, the Mikudash, Mikudash. Seemingly, it's a Dindo Raisa. I don't know. It seems to be a formal requirement. And the Gemara is going to present a, a possibility like that. So then we saw in our, in our Gemara, where four five lines before the wide lines, uh, that our Gemara says, quoting our Mishnah, that if, in fact, there is no moon on the, on the 30th day, so now the, the Chodesh is Malay. It's a 30-day month with Rosh Chodesh to follow. But then by definition, I know that day 31 is Rosh Chodesh because once day 30 has no moon, then I know that the 31st day has to be Rosh Chodesh. So then Rebbe Lazar, Rebbe Sadok said, in such a case, in Mikachino, so there we don't do the whole process of Mikudash. We know exactly what's going on. Tanya, we have a brisa that's going to present a couple of different shitas than what our Mishnah presented in this regard. Plimo Omer, Plimo was the name of a Tana. This is a, um, is this a, this is a brisa. 
the Brisa reads, bismano, when it's bismano, the opposite of what we saw, when it's bismano, when the moon shows up on the when the when the appropriate moon shows up on the 30th day, meaning that day 30 is Rosh Chodesh, that's Chodesh is Chaser. So then he holds Ein Mekachinoso, and he holds Shalobizmano Mekachinoso. But if in fact there is no moon, the exact opposite of how Rabbi Lazar Reb Sadak presented in our Mishnah, and Rabbi Lazar Reb Shimon Omer Benkach Benkach Ein Mekachinoso, he says, No, we, we never do this. We never say Mekudash in regards to the months of the calendar. Why not? Shanehemar, first of the long lines, <laughs> what are we Mekadesh? Only years. Shanim Atomekadesh. You're not allowed to be Makadesh months. You can only be Makadesh years. That's what the Pasik says by Yovel. Wow. Okay. So then we have a whole cast of shitas here. One shita says that you say Makudash no matter what, whether or not it's a chaser or malay. You have another shita that says no matter what, you don't say anything because we're not Makadesh Chodash and we're only Makadesh um, years. And then you have the shitas in the middle which say, you're only Makadesh when it's the uh, Malay. And the other sheet that says, no, you're only Makadesh when it's Chasers. All of the iterations that can exist do exist. How do we paskin? So it says the Gemara on the second of the wide lines, says the Gemara, We paskin like Rabbi Lazar How does he hold again? Just look back up halfway down on the page in the midst of the Mishnah. Rabbi Lazar Reb Sadok said, If there's no moon on the 30th day, then we know. We know that there's nothing to do. He was teaching us kind of the obvious shita that we, when it's automatic as to when Rosh Chodesh is, we don't need to say Mikudash, we don't need anybody's help. Amar Abayi, but we already learned this idea, Afana Nami Tanina, and this is the Gemara is going to pose as a question that this is something that we don't understand. What is this Brisa right that uh, the Gemara is quoting, that Abayi is quoting as a challenge to the shita of Rabbi Huda? Says the Gemara, let's say that everyone in the world saw what was going on. So and then the Edim were, were interrogated. But on that 30th day, they saw the moon. The moon was there. But they didn't get to finish the process of Drisha Vechakira to end with the word Mekudash. Talk about an application of the idea of Achodesh Hazevachem. If you leave out the word Mekudash, that month is now going to be Me'ubar, even though the, mo- the moon was showing as it should, and even though the testimony was given. But we can't seal the deal until the words Me'kudash are said. But says the Gemara, when is that true? That's only true by Me'ubar, in, but Me'kudash lo, that we are not going to be Me'kudash in such a case, that we don't, we're not Me'kadish in regards to that month, which is Me'ubar, and therefore we already learned this. That's the Shita that Rabbi Huda in the name of Shmuel tried to paskin like in our Mishnah, which was the Shita of Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Tzadok. So it says the Gemara, we needed that case of Me'ubar, not for not to duplicate uh, the fact that we paskin like Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Tzadok, but instead for another reason. I might have thought that because everybody saw it, therefore that everybody knew that it was the case because everybody looked up in the sky. And maybe we would have argued, oh, by virtue of the fact that everybody knew that really this should have been a chaser month and the 30th day should have been Rosh Chodesh. Okay, you didn't get to the word Mekudash, Nebuch, what can you do? We shouldn't extend the month to have a 30th day. Kamash Malan, that that's not true, that the word Makudash is in fact very valuable. Therefore, this isn't a duplicative shita, and therefore we need both of them. And that is how we paskin in halacha, seemingly. Again, if we were to paskin from Gemaras, which is usr, but if we were to paskin just from Gemaras without Rishonim, then the Gemara has a very clear conclusion that in our Mishnah, we paskin like the sheets of Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Sadok, that in a month that is Malay, 
then we do not say the words Mekudash. In a month that is Chaser, we do say the word Mekudash. That brings us to our next Mishnah, um, which uh, uh, gets us into a bit of a side sugya about the moon, which is whether or not we can draw the moon. And how does the Gemara Mishnah present this? Very simple. Dmus Tsuros Levana Hailo the Rabban Gamliel betavla ubekosa be'alyaso. Rabban Gamliel in his house, he had tablets that had pictures of the moon that looked the way that they should have looked and on his wall that looked the way that they should have looked. And says the, the Mishnah, he would tell the simpletons, the regular Jews, the non-Talmidichachamim, what did you see? Did you see this or did you see that? So that's interesting. It kind of goes against what we said before, which is that we want to hear their ages. You tell me, what did you see? Instead of saying the pointing game, like, oh, I see picture A, I see picture They're very different, right? The skill of taking a multiple choice test is very different than the skill of writing in real answers when there's no multiple choice. So Rabban Gamliel had all of these drawings on his walls, says the Gemara, Mishari, four lines from the bottom. You're allowed to have all these drawings. After all, the Pasuk writes in Chumash, Lo Sa'asuniti, you should not make these, uh, these images, is what the Pasuk is referring to. Lo Sa'asun Kidmus Shimshai. You're not allowed to make pictures of those that serve me, of the constellations, of the mazalos, of the moon, the stars, and the sun. Amar Abai, don't worry, not a problem. Amar Abai, lo asra Torah, ela shamashen she'efshar la'asos kemosan. The only thing that's really halachically problematic is when you build something that actually looks like that real thing. So for example, Kiddetanya, the Brysa writes, lo yasa adam bayis tavnis hechal. You should not hire your construction company to build your house to look like the heichal of the Beis HaMikdash. That's halachically inappropriate. No, that's not a bodhisattva, obviously. But the Pasuk is showing that this three-dimensional execution of the idea is what is problematic. Achsadra, you have this cased in field. We don't want it to be a tavnis ulam, to look like the ulam of the Beis HaMikdash. Chatzer, keneged azara. We don't want the chatzer to look like an azara. Shulchan, keneged shulchan. Menorah, keneged menorah. All of these are the things that are problematic. Um, Aval, says the Gemara, as we turn to the top of Chavdal and Amid Beis, Aval, the Bryce writes that if you're making a menorah, you can make one that has a candelabra of five or six or eight. As we know, the menorah in the base of Mikdash had seven arms in total, shamish plus three on each side. So as long as the numbers were off, no problem at all. The Bryce continues. And if you're going to do seven, that you can't do even in other forms of metal. However, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Huda, Omer, Af, Shel, Eitz, he extends it even further. Forget about metal. You can't even do wood. As we know, in the Chashmonayim, by the story of Hanukkah, came back to the base of Mikdash, everything was pillaged. They didn't have enough metal. They didn't have enough money. So they built the menorah out of wood. And of course, at the top, they had some metal caps of some kind to prevent it from burning down when they would light the menorah, but they, they, the menorah was made out of wood. So because the menorah was made out of wood, we're not allowed to make it out of wood either. Fine. So then says the Gemara Amrulo, the Brisa continues pushing back on Rabiosi. Misham Raya, that's not right. You got the history wrong. Shpudin shel barzel hayu v'chipum bevaats or vaits. They were actually made out of metal. They were just covered in vaits, which was the material of tin. Uh, and it has the word eight in it, so it sounds like wood, but it wasn't actually wood. It was really tin. Heeshiru, when they started to collect a little bit of money, asom shel kesef, then they upgraded the menorah to make it out of silver. Chazru beheeshiru, when, when the money really started flowing in, a good fundraising campaign, then asom shel zahav, they made it out of gold. So then 
this is what the Gemara was answering. We asked against, uh, against Rabban Gamliel, how can you do this? The Pesach says, Losa asuniti. and the Gemara says, the only problem is when you make things, actually make things, not just draw things in two dimensions, only, it's only when you actually make things. Says the Gemara, hang on one second. Do we allow even the things that are not made to be built to look exactly like them? They're just drawings. When we were little kids, you took a piece of paper, you drew the sun in the corner with little you know, uh, unreasonable rays of light that looked like perfect uh, spikes. You draw your stars, however you draw them, and you draw the moon with like a crescent. So those are problematic. Says the Gemara, those are not allowed. Tanya. The Pusik says this is a different brisa because we're going to see this Pusik is darshaned in five different ways right over the course of the next few lines. The Pusik says, Tanya, 10 lines down, Lo Sa'asun Iti, Lo Sa'asun Kidmus Shimshai, Hamishamshin Lefanai Bimarum, without giving any larger parameters, only to say, you cannot draw that which is up in my heavens. You're not allowed, says Hashem. So Amr Abaye, don't worry, Rabbi Gamliel is still in the clear, in our Mishnah. Lo Asra Torah Eladmus Arba Panim Bahade Hadade. These are the four faces that are found on the on the kise, um, the kise shall cover of a Kodesh Baruch Hu, each of the legs has a dmus on it, it has an, an image on it. And you're just not allowed to do all four of them together. But if they're separate, so then no problem. One of the dmusim is a dmus of a person, of a face. So says the Gemara, Elameyata, if that's true, parts of Adam Lechude Tishtere, even though the face of a person is one of the four um, images on the legs of the kise akaba, but Lechora, based on your logic, it should be mutter to. Uh, to do just the, the picture of a person, that should be fine. Madame Tussauds Wax Museum, it's a real shy, but you're not allowed to work there if you're from a Yid. You're not, if you're a Yid, you're not allowed to make those images. That, that's really very, very problematic. You're making three-dimensional images of things that actually look like a person. And that's what the Gemara is saying here. Maybe it should be mutter under these circumstances, but we know that it's not. You can draw anything you want. You just can't draw a person. So says the Gemara, I can help you get out of this problem. I've learned how to answer this question from the shear of Abaye Shmeli. That's where I learned it. How did he darshan the Pasuk Losa Asuniti? Losa Asun Osi. Okay, fine. So the Gemara gets out of it. But still, are we allowed to do any of the other things that are up in the sky? Tanya, the Brisa writes with yet another iteration of how to understand the Pasuk of Losa Asuniti. Losa Asun very clear. You're not allowed to draw anything that's up in the heavens. We don't even know what these things look like. What does it mean, draw them? We don't know what they look like. But clearly, there were some images that we knew. Because by the Kruvim also, we knew that they were so which was similar to Malachim. So we know that they had wings and we had a at least in theory, an image of what a, a malach might look like. So all of the, and the moon should be included in this list also. So how can you say that it's mutter Rabban Gamliel to have them on your walls? The only thing, this is now we're splitting hairs of things that we don't understand. The only things that were problematic is in the upper levels of the heavens. Those are the ones that are problematic because I know what I'm talking about right now. The word rather says the Gemara only up there is it problem is a problem. Says the Gemara, hold on. And in the lower realms of the world, are, is that allowed? After all, 
What does a Pasuk mean when it says Asher Bashamayim? Lerabos to include in prohibition Chama, the moon, Ulevana, the, the I'm sorry, the sun and the moon, Kochavim, stars, Umazalos, and constellations. And what does the word mean Ma'al mean? Lerabos Malachi Asharis. So now the Pasuk seems to say that Rabban Gamliel was wrong because it seems to be that we're always going to be prohibited from drawing those things that are up in the heavens. Says the Gemara, Kitanya, Hahi, Le'avdam. The only problem is making them. But if somebody gave them to you, then it's different. Ile Avdam says the Gemara, if the problem is making them, to serve them, so then Afilu Shil Shil Katanami, even a tiny little worm, if you're going to try and make, worship a worm, it's also us to make it. So, of course, obviously that's going to be the case. It's a Gemara Nachanami. I agree with you. The Tanya, the Brayseretz, Asher Ba'aretz, L'Rabos, Harim Ugvos, Yamim Unaharos, Afikim Vekeos, and Mitachas, the rabbi Shoshokana doesn't make a difference. If you're worshiping something, it could be mountains, it can be hills, it can be rivers, and it could be anything else. And if it's going to be tiny, mitachas, it could even be a little worm. You want to worship uh, angel worms? Okay, you've got problems. But then to make that thing into a, into a god is very problematic as well. So it says the Gemara, the making it alone, is that going to be allowed as long as it's not for the sake of Avodah After all, the Brysa writes, Losa Asuniti, yet another version of this Pasuk, Losa Still, just to make it, the Gemara, the Bryce, it doesn't say with the caveat of whether or not you're trying to serve Avodazar. It just seems to be us or straight up. Says the Gemara, you're absolutely right. Shiny Rabban Gamliel, he was not the one who made it. All is well, and as long as someone gives it to you, you're fine. Asks the Gemara of Rabbi Yehuda de Achera Masulo. Rabbi Yehuda had some images in his home that other people gave to him. Va'amar le Shmuel, the Rabbi Yehuda. Shmuel said to Rabbi Yehuda, Shinana, bright one, Same ene didain. Please destroy the eye of this thing. When I was a child, I went to Camp Mosheva, and up in Camp Mosheva, they had a foosball machine. And one day, we all get to the foosball machine. When I was on Avodah, we had a Moadon. We get there. There was a metal knife from the Chadrocha, and someone had cut off all of the noses of all of the foosball players. And they were all sitting there on the base of the foosball. I mean, when you're in camp, crazy things happen. So we didn't really think much about it. But we subsequently found out what happened is that one of the guys who was learning in the Kolal apparently had learned this suga. And he felt that the, that the foosball men on, that were on the sticks that they were in violation of this Isser. So that's what he did. That's what the Gemara says. Same ene didain. You have to ruin this image. It's not allowed to be complete. Now, to be clear, the images of these foosball players were not exactly human, right? I mean, their faces were... Whatever, it wasn't... It wasn't Madame Tussauds wax museum, okay? It was, let's just let's consider it very simple. But I don't know. I don't know if that's Ladina, but this person was certainly Machbed to do so. I don't know if that's normal. It wasn't normal. That was for sure. I just don't know if it was halacha. I don't know. We had never seen anything like that. We were 15 years old, and this. Okay, that's what the Gemara says, and that was how. So then the Gemara is posing its question back to Rabbi Gamliel. But even by Rabbi Yehuda, they told he told Rabbi Yehuda that he needed to break the eyes or ruin the eyes of this little idol that was made. So then, how can Rabbi Gamliel allow it? So it says the Gemara, that's different. Hasam chosmo boletava. Those images that Rabbi Yehuda had, they were protruding. They were protruding. Let's say a ring, a, a signet ring, where the image is protruding, and when you press down and wax, you leave an indentation. 
So the ring is protruding, and the result when you press into the wax is an indent. There we have a concern of chashad that a person may misunderstand you. Kiditanya, the Brisa writes, two lines before the wide lines toward the bottom of Chavdalad Amid Beis. We're going to be going to the Mishnah, and then we'll stop. The Brisa writes, If a person is wearing a ring, and it has an image on it of an animal of a person's face, whatever it is, and it's bolet, and the ring is protruding, you should not be wearing such a ring. But it's mutter to use it as a, as a signet. Why? Because when you press into it, what's the result? An indentation. It wasn't 3D out. It was 3D in. It was a depression and not, a, and not, not raised up. Now, if the ring that you had was itself indented, and then when you pressed in the wax, it would leave a raised part of it. So that's different. So if the ring was indented with, with the image that it was trying to make, that's mutter lahanicha. There's nothing wrong with wearing that ring because it's not 3D protruded, it's 3D indented. But there you're not allowed to, to press into the wax because then you're creating a protruding 3D 3D item. Says the Gemara, that's a great svara. The only problem is who says that we're actually concerned about chashad in this case, and people will misunderstand you. There was a shul. The name of the shul was the Shaf V'yosiv. It was destroyed and it was rebuilt. So some of the Mephorshim say that this building, I saw this in the bottom of the Masifta, the bottom of the Masifta quotes uh, that according to some Mephorshim, that this building was built from the bricks of the Beis HaMikdash after its Churban. So real Shail and Halach, if you can use them, don't they have Ketusha? Maybe it was an outside wall. Okay, fine. But the building was built with these bricks and it was Benaharda, the Havabe in Darta. They actually had a statue there, Rashi, five lines from the bottom, the Ramaschal in Darta, Tselem Dmus HaMelech. It was meant to look like the king of that time. So the, so they had a statue that was standing there. So Rav and Shmuel were little kids at the time. They were Davin, they would go to kids group upstairs. They were very from. The Avua de Shmuel the Levi, uh, and the father of Shmuel and Levi, there they went to go daven in that place where there was a statue, no problem at all. So says the Gemara, Rabim Shaini. Halacha is different when you have some type of protrusion like this or some type of 3D type of image. It's different when there are Rabim, when there are a lot of people around. So says the Gemara, fine, but the whole point that we started with today was Rabban Gamliel. He was in his house. That was what we said. The Rabban Gamliel, Yachid, who is one person, lives in one house. Well, how can you even compare that to the case of Rabban? Even if in the case of Rabban Shmuel, they allowed davening by the Andarta, fine, but that doesn't apply here. Rabban Gamliel was by himself. Says the Gemara, that's not necessarily true. Four, three lines from the bottom. Kevin the Nasi, who, since he was one of the leaders of the Jewish community, Shechichei Rabban Gabe, people were knocking on the door at all, at all hours of the day and night, that is considered Rabim. And therefore, just like there was a leniency by the Andarta, by the statue, by the Shul of Rabin Shmuel of Shafi Yosef, so too over here. Some say that what uh, that another leniency was the Prakim Hava, that the images that he had built, uh, that he had built in his house were the Prakim, they were, they were, you could take them apart. They were just uh, kind of piecemeal. Some say, no, he only made it in order to teach people the halacha. You're not allowed to build it in order to actually service it. But you are allowed to build it in order to teach. So this comes to the Shulchan Aruch. How do we paskin in these things? So the Shulchan Aruch in, in Yoradea, Simon Kuf Memal, speaks about this idea. We don't care if it's protruding or if it's flat. That only applies with other things. 
You're not allowed to draw the moon. You're not allowed to draw the stars. You're not allowed to draw the sun. Even in two dimensions, irrelevant of the bolate. In our Gemara, the only distinction of bolate of 3D versus not 3D was with images of people. But when it comes to the mazelas and the kochabim, kind of seems uh, from the base, I'm not uh, paskining anything. It seems that it would be usher for, uh, for anyone to sit there and draw the stars, the sun, and the moon, even though you can't possibly even reflect the size of any of these items. They're so large. Our eight and a half by 11 piece of paper with a little caricature of the moon is irrelevant. doesn't matter. The Shulchan Aruch seems to pass in that way. Ask your local Orthodox rabbi if there's any other Pesach. Wishing you all a beautiful night.